We are on live. All right. Rabbi, so we're ready to go. We are live on YouTube. Everybody, please mute. Is Gary on? Ooh, nephew number two. Where's nephew number one? We got. Ah! Here's a riddle. I got a riddle for the Eilam. Who's the uncle of the Sheer? I see. I see that there's a nephew over there smiling, laughing. There is the nephew. Anybody? Nobody? That's the uncle of the shear. That's right, that's the uncle of the shear. Any uncle that, instead of taking their kids to uh, restaurants, well, he did that also, but he shoved them in a taxi, woke them up 4, 4.30 in the morning, tied them up, threw them in a taxi, and brought them to the shear in a week in a row. That's the uncle of the year. So anyway, Raboisai, it's a tremendous pleasure to let... Happy birthday to Joey. Happy birthday. Listen to this. This is unbelievable. What does a nephew get his uncle? He doesn't buy him a Gucci a Gucci. Alright. That's 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 a true uncle. You have an uncle that goes and gets gashmias. What does nephews learn from this? My, our uncle wants Tyra. Let's support Tyra. But listen, nephews, don't, 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 don't get too excited. This is nice. It was a beautiful move. But next year, there's going to be a dedication in the building. Maybe all the stones, $50,000 worth of the outside stones. Something like that. You know, when are you going to give me a little piece of paper with balloons for Joey? This is the uncle of the year, Rabbi You got to wait. Okay, listen, I'm not going to go too hard on you, but next year, you have a whole year to prepare for this. Uh, today is the 24th day of the Oimer. And uh, yesterday's sponsor was Shandel Bas, for Shandel Bas Nachman from Andrew Fuchs. We'll keep it on for today as well. And uh, a friend of the Shear needs a big Rafur Shlema. Or a mayor Ben Yehudas Gittel Rafur Shlema. I'll put that up here. A lot of people in the Shear know him. Oren Kaplan Rafur Shlema. What do we got here? Oh. Hi, Rebelli. Shkoyach for sending this to me 20 minutes before Shir starts on the worst day of the week, on Sunday, after I give Shir Matzah Shabbos and hardly have time to prepare. But here it goes. It's Saul, Joey Levy's brother. I know it's super late to be kind of you for Sunday morning shout-out, but I'm a guy who doesn't give up without a try. He takes the message that even a dab, blah, blah, blah. Today is Uncle Joe's birthday. We're just talking in Shabbos table what to get Uncle Joe for his birthday. The boys around the table are saying we have to do something special because Uncle Joe is so good to us. He buys his breakfast, he makes six chont, he brings us to shear, 
he throws us in the taxi for three in the morning, the best uncle in the world. Even when he's not going to go, Joey, we have, we have a bunch of people that, including Fischl, all these guys that, when they were in Eretz Yisrael, every single morning, without fail, bring a taxi to Merkaz Dafayami, do the daf, get back in the taxi, and go home. Every single day. I think Joey was there like a week in a row, every day, schlepping different nephews, different things. Malava um, Malko with pizza, french fries, the list goes on, blah, blah, blah. A brainstorm of an idea popped into our heads. Joey never misses the daf and something he doesn't stop talking about. He loves you, he loves to share. Nothing would make him more happy than put a bigger smile on his face if he gets surprised at the shout out. Please, we're all sponsoring this morning's share in honor of Uncle Joe on his birthday. This is from all his nephews, including Ezra from Lakewood, who's driving in special with his uncle's birthday. The nephews are all staying up and we're making the usual Malava Malka in our backyard. Yes, with social distances, of course. Yeah, Vada, social distancing. Mm, yeah, I saw, the, I saw the pictures already. Shavuot Tov, thank you. Saul and all the nephews. All right, do we have any more time? <laughs> Joey with the cigar, love it. All right, Uncle Joey, I was wondering where you are. All right. L'chvoid hagoin ravelio Stefanski shlito. Guys, guys, okay, whatever. Bnoi shomareinu hagoin amiti atzadik hagoin ribyankiv shlito. I love it. Uh, Eli is just fine. Uh, now he knows why I'm a gronik, because I'm going to Your father, Shlita, is a real gronik. He would make a bracha reading Megillah. I guess he, he knows us. I, I'm not exactly sure who this is. He would make a bracha reading Megillah when he laid it from a sitter. I think that this virus is because of you. Hmm. You have started such a tremendous increase in learning, loving, enjoying Torah, that the Sultan went nuts and tried to stop it with this Magefa. But Baruch Hashem, because of you and this great Chabura, he's not succeeding. Keep up your tremendous harbatsas Torah. You're giving your mother at Tzadikas Gvald Ganachas and Shemayim. Besides for teaching the Dav, you're giving over Gishmaka Torah of Aharevna, the Ziskite of Torah Ashrecha. You mentioned the other day about Aaron's brother, Amin's husband. He asked for the eight minute Dav. Okay, he says to keep that. Yeah, that's why when I was saying over that story that he asked for eight minute Dav, I was a little vague. I spoke about him two weeks before and I said more and then I couldn't say any more. We'll talk about it at a different time. All right, please don't mention my name. Thank you. All right, let's get into the daf. I have a good friend here, social distancing, Avi Kamiansky, who usually pipes up on the screen. Now he's live, so he won't be able to pipe up. Well, he could. You can pipe up, Avi. My, what happened was this morning... My phone, I got up too early, I didn't sleep enough. I grabbed my phone and went flying out of my hand, hit the floor, it's done. So no YouTube. So I asked him to come over. The cover came over, so thank you very much. Um, I need a new phone. Here's my phone. It's garbage. It's not even my phone. It was Gary's phone, lent to me, because my other one was garbage. Says the Gemara, we're holding daf nun ches, daf noyach omed aleph. I, I literally, I can, every day I look at this and I can't believe. We just started Misaf the Shabbos. We're holding Daf 58. Crazy. Time flies. We could do this. We could get through Shabbos. We get through Erevin. And then it's smooth sailing through Shas. All right. So yesterday we were discussing Kavla. What's Kavl? Kavl, the Gemara said, must be the hat that a woman wears. And that's one shot. Says Shmuel, no. 
Because we had a whole shayla, how does a woman take off her hat? If she takes off her hat, she'll expose her hair. She won't want to take off her hat. But since this hat is underneath the svacha, it's like underneath the snood, so she could like rip it off and it's not such a big deal. By the way, we have our usual Sunday morning guests from New York, the ones who stay up Matzi Shabbos. We have Shlomi Klein. Elliot Dickman is here every, every, Dykeman is here every single day anyway, but Shlomi Klein especially, he's a big... He's a big star because he made a complete recovery from Corona and he sent us pictures with the oxygen and everything. Matzi Shav, he works all night, but Matzi Shavas, he gets to be with us. Says the Gemara, So, I didn't have time, unfortunately, to make a nice chart for this. I just want to give you a little bit of an outline of what's gonna, what we're going to see today. Uh, Evet has a kavl and a woman has a kavl. They're two very, very different things. A kavl that the woman has, that the Gemara said yesterday, with, that the mission is talking about a woman's kavl, that's like a, 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 a wool yarmulke that fits underneath a snood. Shmuel says no. We're talking about a slave, even a, a shifcha, because we're talking about women can't go out, men could go out. So it goes like this. A slave, they had a little eblin that said on it, slave. Whatever it said, everybody knew this guy is a slave. It's to put him down, to embarrass him, to show that he belongs to somebody else. Like a Jewish star. Yeah, that's why I said yes, like a Jewish star. I don't know if, the, I didn't want to make such a comparison. You could get, you know, anything you say that has to do with that era, you could get into trouble. But I did say it last night. But anyway, it's some sort of emblem they put over here. Now, the, another way to wear it, there's two ways. You could put it on your clothing. And you can put it on your neck. And there are two types. One is made out of metal and one is made out of clay. So basically, just if we want to go through everything and so, so that it has some sort of flow. If it's made out of metal, a slave, or we're talking about a woman slave, can never go out with it. Why? Because if it falls down and has a lot of value, she'll pick it up and bring it in Rosh Hashanah. That's a problem. If it's made out of clay so there's there's two types one is made by the master and one is made by the slave himself and there's the one made by the slave around his neck or on his baggage so if it's made by the master around his neck is mutter why nobody's going to remove that no slave in his right mind is going to want to remove something that his master told him to wear to show that he's a slave his slave is going to give it to him He'll punish him. So he won't take it off. So you're allowed to walk with that in Rosh Hashanah. And if it falls off, there's nothing to worry about. It's, it's a piece of cheres. It's nothing. He's not going to schlep it. Now, if the, the Balabais put it on his clothing, that's a problem. Why? Because if you put on the clothing, look, he could just take off his jacket, fold it up, pretend that he's too hot from the heat, and he's going to want to take off his jacket so nobody sees that he's a slave. He wants to fit in. You know? A lot of people, they go outside, you know, in America. They take off the young. They think nobody knows. They, have, they, they look, very, they have the payas of flying area. They take off the young, whatever. So the slave also, he'll, he'll take off his thing. He'll fold it off. Nobody knows I'm a slave. Okay? I, you look like a slave. Okay, but I'm not wearing the emblem that says slave. But that's if it's on the clothing. If it's on his neck, he's not going to do it. What could he do? He's not going to get away. If his master sees him with a folded coat, he might not get that upset at him. Oh, he was hot. But if he has this thing around his neck that says slave, what's his excuse? Why are you holding slave in your hand? 
So he'll never take that off. But if it's made by the slave, not by the master, says the Gemara, then it's always also for him to walk out with it, or for her to walk out with it, because then she'll remove it. The master didn't give it to her to wear, to say, hey, you're a slave. I'm doing it on my own. Now I don't feel comfortable wearing it in public, so I'll take it off. That's basically the sugya. Let's see it inside. Ushmul Omar, Kavla Da'avdo. We're talking about not a tichel, a snood. We're talking about the emblem of a slave. Shmuel himself, who's saying that this, we're talking about this emblem of a slave, says specifically that a slave could go out with the emblem on his neck, just not on his baguette. So, over here the Gemara comes up with the distinction, there's a difference. Who made it and who didn't make it? If the master makes it, He's not going to dare take it off. The master said, put it on. You put it on. If the master catches you without it, you're in trouble. I guess they used to beat them. Whatever they, The master has his ways to punish his slave. Won't give him food. Put him in a cage. Who knows what? So he won't do it. So if he does it for himself, he has a way. It's possible that he might try to take it off as he walks in Rosh Hashanah. Therefore, he's not allowed to go out in Rosh Hashanah. So you're telling me that by us in our Mishnah we're talking about the master made it. So how come if it's in his garment it's different? What's the difference? He's not going to take off his coat. Maybe it will fall off. And he's scared of his master. So he'll fold it up. He'll fold up his clothing. And he'll carry his clothing as if, pretending as if he's hot, so he won't get in trouble from his master. You're allowed to wear clothing in Rosh Hashanah. That's one of the things. You're allowed to wear it for protection, even for jewelry. For yeah, but you can't carry clothing in your hand. If you do so, you put, even if you put it on your shoulders and you have some sort of protection, still, it's the rise of Eitzah. Who cares if it's clothing? Clothing is meant to be worn, not to be carried. And that's what we're concerned. We're concerned the difference between clothing and the neck is that clothing, you can get away with it. You can pretend he's hot. The neck, there's no way to get away with it, so therefore he'll never remove it. Therefore, you could walk with it on Shabbos. We see something similar. He told him, This is very interesting. First of all, from this sugi, you just see the concept, We say every morning, Imagine you're an Evid, you have to walk around with the emblem. I'm a slave. Disgusting. Who wants to do that? Here's something very funny or interesting. The Rosh Golas, like we discussed them many times, Marukva was the Rosh Golas, different Rosh Golas, the head of Klai Yisrael. If you were subordinate to the Rosh Golas, you're from a certain group, of all of Klai Yisrael. You had to walk around in the street with an emblem stating the fact that you're the chassid of the Rosh Golas. And if not, the Rosh Golas had his guys, all these Gemaras you see throughout Shas. He had his cops, and if they caught you not wearing the emblem, they'll beat you up silly. Avi's looking at me like, wow. <laughs> it's a good thing you don't have to wear a Ruchan Kanievsky kind of thing. Put your mask on. 
He has his gloves, his mask, the whole thing. Yeah, what? It's like the Hasidim. You know the guys who have his socks tucked in? They're the Ger Hasidim. Oh, you, you know, there's a lot of Hasidim watching. Careful oh, what you're okay, saying. Hold on. Here's Avi. Hold on if you guys want to know what he looks like. Okay. He's a big fan of Hasidim. Oh. It's fine. The, 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 the Zoom guys know what you look like. Forget Hasidim. Imagine Reb Chaim Kanievsky, all these Lutfaks. The Reb Chaim Kanievsky, Reb Chaim Kanievsky. You would have to wear a Reb Chaim, like it would say, Reb Hagrach. It wouldn't even say Kanievsky. It would say Hagoyin Reb Chaim on the thing, and you walk around. But all of Klai Yishol, there's one Rosh Gold for everybody. Everybody. There's no, there's no different groups and this. Everybody. Hasidim, Lutfaks, Svardim, Misnagdim, everybody. Tzioinim, all, all the Hatikva guys, all the whatever. Where are they? Yeah, these guys. They would all have to wear the same thing. It's, it's a funny thing to think about. You all had to wear it. So he told him, Oh, vey, where did I lose it already? You're not to walk out with that clothing. Because if it falls off, you're scared. You're going to have to carry it. You're going to have to do something with it because then the Rish Gaulis' cops are going to come and give it to you. They used to punish people. A few Gemaras, they hit them, they did whatever, they did stuff to them. But you, he told them, you, Barashila, is okay. Some Rishonim learned that it's like a, a sign that they pay the taxes, whatever. But the point is, you, you're very close to Rishgalos. We know that if you don't wear that emblem, it's not because you're not, sub, you're not, you're not subordinate to him, you're not nichvaf uh, to him. It's because whatever happened, it fell off. So that's not a problem. But other people have to be careful not to, not to go out like that. So he learned, according to Shmuel, a slave goes out with the emblem on his neck, that he won't take off, but not with the one on his garment. We learned the same thing. Okay. The problem is, it says, he says, Mefurish, he cannot go out with the one on his neck. You just said you could go out with an emblem on your neck. You're not going to remove that. Over here it says, Contradiction. Now, so that's the question. Well, keep on going. Why is an emblem not Mekabal Tumo? Well, depending on what material it is, but an emblem is not a kli. In order for it to be mekabotum, it has to be a vessel, it has to be a kli. It's not a kli. Right? It's an emblem. It's not noi. It's not an ornament. Nobody's proud to wear it. It's disgusting. It's the opposite of an ornament. So also, not mekabotum. And it's not a beged. It doesn't help you. It doesn't protect you from the elements. So it's not mekabotum. It doesn't have the three things that are necessary there could be one of them, not all three, but you need one of these things. It needs to be either a kli or a beget or noi. Neither of those. Oh. Uh, again, another beautiful thing that slaves had. They had a little bell. Ding dong, wherever he walks, he has a bell. So you can't walk out with that. The bell on his garment is an ornament. And therefore he could go out with it. So both, both of these things are Mikabal Tumah. Why? 
because it's an ornament. It's mekabel tumor. And the same thing for an animal. Cannot go out with an emblem on its neck. And if an animal has like some sort of blanket or dog clothes, whatever, some people are crazy enough to go, look how cute. I'm not going to talk about people in my mishpacha. If you buy clothing for your animal and it has an emblem in it, cannot go out with it. And not with a bell in its garment. Why not? So Rashi says, very interesting. Rashi says, another reason why people, we had this before, a bell is something you do, you put on an animal when you want to sell it. We had this, the chinga. Remember chinga? And I said, chinga is Moroccan, and I got an email from a Moroccan who said it was so funny that I thought a chinga and a chinga are the same thing, because it's a market. Chinga is market, so it's also to bring. So basically, the Mishaburah brings down that we have an iser to put something on an animal because of the marketplace. We also have the iser because of a masui, it's a load. And also, an animal, what if you put something on an animal that might fall off the animal we had? He might come to carry it. Mishaburah talks about all three, hold on, all three things and what each thing, in a different case, there are... I see Michael Corner's dog. Look at that dog. That's a cute dog, actually. All right. I thought you had a Maltese. That looks like a, a baby a pit bull. Actually, it looks like a pit bull to me. All right. Whatever. Is it? Is that a pit bull? No, not a pit bull. It's a nice, cute dog. Okay. Whatever. I in the Mission Bureau. Each, there are times that, that it's not a load. There are animals that you don't bring to a marketplace. You're not going to sell a cat in a marketplace. So the, the, the issue of a cat, even a dog, maybe dog, I don't know. Whatever, whatever animals go to a marketplace, they have the iser of a bell. The ones that don't, they have the iser of, of maybe you'll come to carry it. You know, on a dog, on a cat, maybe their bell will fall off and then you'll carry it. So each animal has a different reason. That's why I have three different reasons. Says the what were you saying, Avi? Nothing. Okay, weiter. Says the Gemara, perhaps, let's use the same distinction that we made before. This contradiction that it says, you cannot go out with the, uh, the, the emblem on the neck, and we were learning the whole time you could go out with the emblem on the neck. Maybe let's make a distinction. One is made by the master. That whole fear to take off, and therefore you're allowed to go out and just around with it. The other one is talking about that he's made by himself. So he's doing his master a favor. He wants to show that he's a good slave. Look at me. Even I wear an emblem. But if I take it off, my master's not going to kill me for it. The master can't beat him up for taking off an emblem that he himself imposed on himself. So maybe that's a good answer. I prefer not to go to that answer, says the Gemara. I prefer to say that everything is uniform. We're talking about the master and not something that the slave did himself. And what? We're talking about, of course, something on the neck. Not, we're talking about the neck, right? The question is neck to neck. And on the one hand it says, we're not worried about the neck and taking it off. He's allowed to walk in Rosh Hashanah. And the other one says, you're not allowed. So now the Gemara says, oh, there's enough communion between metal and clay. 
Metal is a valuable resource. If it falls off, you're not just going to leave it in the middle of the street. In those days, metal is metal. So if it falls off, you're going to pick it up and bring it back home and going to be over on Hitzan Shabbos. No metal. That's it. So that's why I started off saying, if it's made out of metal, you can never wear it. That's always a problem. But if it's made out of clay, falls on the floor and breaks. You leave it there. Nobody's going to schlep home broken pieces of clay. If it's something like clay, it's not a problem. And I can prove it to you. The Gemara has an amazing proof here. We're talking about tuma. Clay is not mikabal tuma. So it can't be talking about clay. It must be talking about metal. And once we're talking about metal, we can make that distinction. So it's saying, look, this particular ornament, an emblem that goes on the guy's neck, is not mikabal tuma. Why? Because it's not a kli, it's not a noy, it's not anything. But a regular kli made out of metal is mikabal tuma. And if you're talking about clay, so what are you telling me? It's not mikabal tuma. Clay is never ever mikabal tuma. Sometimes it is It's never Forget about that it's made for a slave. If you make a clay out of clay, it's never This is like one of my favorite vessels. Next, uh, I know, next, next seum, this is what Avi and Noam are going to get me. Clay avonim. A vessel made out of stone or clay glalim, a vessel made out of excrements, dung. This is what they used to do in those days. They took some dung and they made a clay out of it. Don't get yourself any crazy eight minute uh, coffee mug. Uh, dung, hair, together with the sheep. No, no. Clay glalim, clay adoma, a mekabum tuma. Believe it or not, they're not mekabum tuma. All the stuff, earthenware, stones, dung, and Earth, not even Midirabana. So it doesn't make any sense to say, oh, by the way, if a slave makes an emblem made out of clay, it's not Makabotuma. It's never Makabotuma. Even if you make a, a real full fledged dish out of it, it's not Makabotuma. Obviously, we're talking about metal. And if we're talking about metal, that's the concern that you're going to pick it up and See what's going on there, Avi? See how quiet it is here? It's like impossible. That's why it's good that you uh, interfere sometimes. <laughs> good interfering. I'm getting emails all day long complaining about my interference. Okay, so you'll fix it a little bit. Where's Noam? Why did, why, where, Noam, Noam. Right I know he's here. I see him, but why don't you talk, Noam? What's going on with you? Oh, here he is. On the chat, they're discussing how they're going to create a clay glow lullaby for you. That's why I'm okay. just talking. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, 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 that's why I said I, I know how you guys think. I prefer the, the, the sheep, although you never gave me the meat to that sheep. What happened to it? Freezer. Still in your freezer. Okay. Well, we said we're going to use it for the seum. Sheep. Whoever doesn't know, in the middle of the seum, we were sitting down, we we're making a seum in Noam's house. All of a sudden, they said they wanted to give me a, a gift. All of a sudden, they come in with a live sheep, literally a live sheep into the thing, and a, sh- a shaykh comes along, 
shechted it, and they, they, they chopped it up, showed us the meat, and they said, okay, this meat is going to be for the seum. Since then, a couple of seum went by, and I didn't get the meat. He still says it's in his freezer. We'll see. Omar! And then he's going to buy like a two kilo of meat from the store and say, this is your meat. I chap, I chap. You cannot go out with a bell on his neck. There's a difference between. I don't want it. I don't want you better no, no, Please. I don't have room for it. I believe you. I believe you. I promise you. Go back home. See, he's here. He's. You better not drop it off. I'll drop it right back. Why can't you go out with a bell around your neck? It might fall off and you'll carry it. What's the difference between the one around your neck and the one on your garment? If you're worried about falling off, it'll fall off your clothing. If you're not worried about falling off, so you could go out with the one on your neck. What's the difference? What's going on here is that a professional put it together. A professional sewed it. And if a professional sews it, it's not going to fall off. Unless you have my professional that sews my stuff. Remember yesterday I told you to remember this? This one line. The Gemara is now using the same line we said yesterday in a completely different context. Yesterday we said, I don't, where's that picture? Ugh, hold on a second. This is how it works. It's back in the book. Here, you guys remember this picture from yesterday? Koshiklach. I said Koshiklach, whatever I said yesterday. So, anyway, that thing, Ravuna says that it's arug, it's woven. And if it's woven, there's no chatzitza. Over here, we're using the same words for a different thing completely. And he's saying, since it's woven in, you could carry it. Nothing to do with water and chatzitza. You could carry it. Tyson says, he said it, he said those words, and he meant to include everything. Anything that's woven and sewn in like that, there's no gzera that the bell is going to fall off. But if it's on your neck, it could fall off. And if it falls off, you might carry it. Omar Mar. Five lines from the bottom. An animal cannot go out with an emblem, not on its neck, not on its garment, on its blanket like we explained. And not with a bell on its neck. Okay, the Zuk everybody knows in, in Switzerland, they, the, those cows walk around with the bells. Not every cow, was every 20 cows, whatever it is. But it, it lets everybody know where, where they are. By the way, the bell of a cow, is that a kli? What is that? How do you view a bell of a cow? It's on a cow. What is it for? What purpose does it serve? So it serves the purpose of you knowing where the cow is. So what is that? Believe it or not, Rashi says, that is considered a vessel for a human being. It's not a vessel for a cow. It's on the cow to serve the owner to know where his cow is. So it's actually a kli for an Adam. And that's why it's Mechabal Tuma. Oh, but it says like this. 
If you remove the knocker off your door and you put it on an animal, so you took something that's not Mikabal Tumah and you put it on an animal that has potential to be Mikabal Tumah if it was made directly initially for the animal, Tumayo. Why? Because in my mind, I made it Tumay. So I can make something from not Tumay to Tumay. For instance, if I am creating a bell, so in my brain, I could say, right now, at this moment, I'm done with the bell. I'm not going to sand it anymore. I'm not going to take it. I'm done. I'm going to sell it as is. So in my mind, I made it Tomei. Not Tomei. Susceptible to Tumah. Right now, it could be Mikabal Tumah. So, same thing, if I have a bell that's on an animal, I say, you know what? On a door. I don't want it on my door anymore. I want it in my mind. I'm saying I want it in my, on my animal. So now once I say it in my mind, I want it for my animal, it's susceptible to Timon Kabbal Now if I take an animal bell, which is Mikabal could be Mikabal Vasoladeles, and now I want to make it not susceptible to be Mikabal that you can't do in your mind anymore. Even though you screwed it in as tight as you can into the door or banged it with nails, it's still Mikabal Tumo. Why? The famous line in Shas that any, anything that is not Mikabal Tumo and I want it to be susceptible to Mikabal Tumo, I could do so in my mind. But the reverse I cannot do in my mind. If it's susceptible to being Kabbalah to take it out of that category, I cannot do it with my mind, only if I change it. Now, by putting it on a door and fastening it with a screw, did I change it? No. All I did is I took a bell and screwed it to the door. Nothing in the bell changed. The bell is the same exact bell as it was a minute ago. It's just attached to something. Okay, that's not changing. There's a fascinating Taisvis on Omid Aleph, on Unches Aleph. It belongs to this, 
to these lines right over here. Now Taisa says an amazing thing. If a woman takes her garment and donates it to a Sefer Torah, she says, from now on I want my tichel, whatever she wraps her head with, I want it for a Sefer Torah. So they take it and they wrap the Sefer Torah with it. Did anything change in that garment? Absolutely not. Nothing. Zero. It's the same garment as it was a minute before. And a minute before, it was susceptible to Tumas Medris of a woman. Says Tysus, now it's not susceptible to Tuma because something did change. Says Tysus, you know what changed? Now it's Asur Bahano. That's a change in the actual garment of the Sefer Torah. It went from not being Asur Bahano to Asur Bahano. That's a physical change, says Tysus. It's amazing. It's a, it's a very interesting concept for all of Shas. You didn't change anything. There's nothing. Under a microscope, they're both, they're both the same exact garment. But halachically, you made one into a makabal, into Asr and that is a, a real change in terms of Tumah. And that's why it's not makabal Tumah anymore. All right. Says the Gemara. It's all about the purpose. Yeah, I mean... You, if you, you change the halachic... That changes the halacha when you change the purpose of the clue. Right. You change the purpose of the clue. You went from a woman's garment to a sevetaira, and therefore it changed halachically in asubahana, and therefore it, it's a physical change. Anyway, so back to the original question. On the one hand, we said that a bell on an animal is susceptible to kamatuma. And now we're saying it's not. Or vice versa. Says the Gemara, had the isla inbal, had the less bay. Leslie Imbol. What's an Imbol? Here, this thing right over here. We all know what it is, but we need a picture today. That guy. This is a bell. Yeah? The ding-donger, the thing that makes the sound, that's the Imbol. That's the Inbel. Inbel. It's in the bell. Very nice. Oh, that's a good R, Avi. Keep to those R's. It's Inbel. What's inside the bell that makes the noise? Givaldi. So, if it, like I showed the Isla Inbel, if it has it, then it's Mikabal Tuma. If it doesn't have it, not Mikabal Tuma, Frank the Gemara, Man of Shach. Now, the Gemara understands right now that this bell, no, I'm still laughing from your joke. The Gemara understands that this bell is a noy, it's a tachshit, it's an ornament. So who cares if it has the Inbel or doesn't have the Inbel? How does it help my tachshit? It's a beautiful piece. Look, it's very nice even without it, it's still a tachshit. Well, because I have this little guy that makes it more of a tachshit. Manavshach, in manahu, if it's a kli, it's noy, afapidolaz be'imbo. Ilav manahu, imbo meshavi le mana. Well, just because it has that little ding dong in it, it makes it a kli. In, yes, it does. Kedem Shmuel ben Achmeni, Yomar Reb Yoydeson. Dom Reb Shmuel ben Achmeni, Reb Yoydeson. We're not talking about a tachshit. We're not talking about an ornament, jewelry for that. We're talking about that it actually makes noise and it becomes a kli, it becomes a valuable vessel of noise. How do we know that if a, a, a kli makes noise, it's susceptible to Tumash and Amar called Dover? So Gemara learns from this word Dover, it's extra. Dover is like deep or like talking. Even something that all it does is makes a sound, if that's its purpose, then that is a kli, and memela, it's mikabal tomo. You're telling me that if it doesn't have 
a ringer, the sow maker, then it's not makabal tumah, so let's talk about the milk case of a slave. It says by a slave, a slave cannot go out with a bell on his neck. Remember, we spoke about a slave with a bell on his neck. But on the one on his clothing, we made a distinction. It was made by a professional, it was sewn in, not sewn in. But if it doesn't have the ringer, so why is it Oh. In the base of Mikdash, they had bells. They made sounds. When they did the Ktoires, Shakol Psamim. The sound was good for the Psamim, so they had a bell. And they put on the baby's crib, they put bells. So when the baby woke up, it would move the crib, it would make a sound, put him back to sleep. Interesting, Rashi says. The Rebbe had to schlep his Torah, right? In those days it was made out of parchment, so he had bells on it, and every day he would take it home, and when he would go to school in the morning, he would walk by the houses, and oh, Rebbe is going to school, and all the kids would run out and go to school. Yesh in inbel, uh, what? In those days it was simple, they didn't have recess, they went from morning to night, and they stayed there, and they didn't complain, they didn't have anything, no snacks. And a bib, by the way, yesterday I forgot to mention the kalta. Remember that thing that chokes a woman? That's actually a bib. I forgot to mention that, that it's a key word. It's a bib. If you looked at the picture of Yoni, it goes all the way down. On the top, it had a choker. But it was really a bib, Rashi says. Anyway, so the babies had these bibs. The kids had the bibs, and they had bells on it. Yes, them in bell, Yeah. And it is a way to stop you, to prevent you from having, I'm looking how to get rid of a double chin and don't wear a choker. Really? He's saying that uh, online it says something about chokers having to do with double chins, not having double chin. It's an old trick from those days, but it actually is relevant to today. Okay. Then what? If you wear a choker, you do have a double chin? No, it's, this is like, how can I get rid of my double chin? Yeah. Or try to get rid of the double chin. It's not a in style today. So, so don't have a double chin. Don't wear a choker. Don't wear a choker, don't wear a choker if you don't want to. Okay. Don't wear a choker. So, but in those days they wanted a chin, a double chin, so they wore a choker. Very good. Anyway, it says like this, It says Mafurish that if it doesn't have the ding-donger, then it's tar. But you're telling me that by a slave, if it doesn't have the thingy, it's tame. So that's, the question is from this line, Now, If you have a bell, and you remove the imbel from it, it's still susceptible to tumma. Says the Gemara, so we have to answer. We have a question. If it doesn't have an imbil, it says it's tar. On the other hand, you say that if a slave has it, wears it without an imbil, it's tame. What is it? Hanamidabitinoik. Says the Gemara, there's two types of bells. They're made for two purposes. One is for the tinoik, and that's for sound. Why does a child have one? To sound, to put him to sleep, to bring him to cheder, whatever the reason, but it's sound. He's not wearing it to look good. The kolavidi, the same thing with a cow. I need the sound, I don't need him to look beautiful. But a slave, why does a slave wear it? Not to know where the slave is, but to, for him to look good. Oh, so therefore, he doesn't need the imbal, he doesn't need the sound. What he needs is the outside, the exterior. Even if you remove the, what is it called in English? The imbal? How do you say imbal in English? In bell is uh, 
No, the thing that makes noise. You don't have a. You don't have a thing. Okay. Here, look it up over here. Well, it says it's called a clapper. A clapper. Very good. Okay, a clapper. I would never know that. A clapper. Hmm. You think? Okay. It's one thing to another. One piece of metal to another is a clapper. Okay, makes sense. So if you don't have the clapper, you remove the clapper. The clapper you remember is from the commercials. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Here it goes. Avi, you're limited to three things per share. Okay, but if it doesn't have a clapper, the thing that turns off the lights, the clapper, but what are you going to do with it? So what, you have the exterior part, but it's, it's not a kli. It's like, the Gemara understands it's a broken kli, right? We all know that, Allah, if you have an oven, and it's Tameh, you want to get rid of the tumor, what do you do? You give it a good zet, it breaks in, in, in pieces, and that, it's not Tameh anymore. So if I, have a, if I have a bell, and I remove the clapper, I remove the imbel, it's not Tom anymore. It's a broken cleat. Omar Abayo. Hoyel Shehed Yochalach Ziroi. One answer is Abayo. And he says, no, it's not considered broken because any person in the street could just take it and hang it in the bell and you're back, you're back in business. That's one answer. Rava's answer we're going to see is because you could take the bell without the clapper and bang it on a, on a piece of whatever and it's going to make some sort of noise. And that's also good. Masav Rava. So Rava asked the question. Hazog va'im b'chibur. So we had this, we had a very similar sugi before. We're going to see it literally word for word. When you have two kalim connected, remember we had the, and we're going to have it soon. This that comes apart, doesn't come apart, if it's considered one clear or not. Right? So, the clapper and the actual bell is considered connected. If Tumma touches the outside, Tumma touches over here, the clapper becomes Tame. Tumma touches over here, the bell becomes Tame. It's Chibur. Oh, so you see, what do you see from here? That if you don't, the Gemara understands if one is dependent on the other, not like a bias says, oh, since I could put it together, if they're not together, then they're not, they're not a bell. You need them to be together. It's, they're so dependent on each other that if Tumah touches one part, it's as if the other part became Tameh. So if they're not together, then they're broken. Perhaps you'll say, oh no, it's so easy to put together again, then it's considered mechuber, it's considered connected. The Gemara has a bomb question on this. This guy, this scissors that comes apart, right? It's Kotko, you can get by Yeshua, Aaron Price, he sells Kotko. He gave a shout out. Okay? Look at this. Dalach is, we'll say about Peh, Dalach is, this is considered connected only when I'm using it. But as soon as I put it down, it's not even considered connected. If it's, if it's apart. It's not connected. So how can you tell me that if a bell, since I could connect it easily, and this also, look how easy it is to put together. Now it's back together again. If I could put it together, it's considered connected? It's not considered connected. Even if it's connected, it's not connected. Even a scissors that could come apart, but if I'm not in the middle of using it, it's not, it's not connected. So if it's really not connected, the two pieces are part apart, then certainly it's not connected. So what are you telling me? Oh, because I could put it together easily, it's considered halakhically connected. That's not true. 
You guys remember this. We had this that sugya. these things. You have the carpenter's plane, and in here you have this blade that goes in. So they connect, they're considered connected when If you touch one part, the other part is taught. But to sprinkle the ashes of the paraduma, you have to sprinkle both parts. We said at the end it's lechumra. And we asked the question, if they're considered connected, then it should work even when you sprinkle. So we answered back then in Daf Memchas. Midaraisa is considered a chibur regardless. For sprinkling, for tuma, it's always a chibur. But it has to be while you're working it. But if it's sitting on the shelf, it's not connected at all. They're not considered connected. They made a always the So when it goes to Tuma, we always say they're considered connected, everything becomes Tame. And when it comes to Azza, which is the Khumra, is the opposite. We don't want it to become Tar, so we say everything is considered not connected. Whether you're working it, not working, we always made the the bottom line is that you see that when it's not being worked, let's say the scissors, you're not working it, it's considered disconnected. So certainly a bell that's physically disconnected should be considered disconnected and not mechubar. Elo merava. So going back to the original question, what's the question? If the bell doesn't have a clapper, it says it's mekabal tumma, but why? Why? What purpose? Does this serve without a clapper? That's the Gemara's question. Abayi says, okay, because I could put it back together easily. It serves a great purpose. It's still a bell. If I want to call my kids, I want to say that recess is over, I take this, and I bang it against the table, and it makes a sound. Now, it's not going to make the beautiful sound of a bell, but nevertheless, it's a sound. So Rashi says, very interesting. We had a similar thing. If a guy has a basket and has a big hole in it, it's still Makabal Tuma. Why? Because it could still hold pomegranates. Up to a hole the size of a pomegranate. In other words, it's not the greatest basket in the world, but it serves some sort of purpose. So to this bell, it's not the greatest bell in the world, but it serves the purpose of making some sort of sound. I can use the clapper, the, the bell, and flip it over and use it as a cup to give water to a child. Noam, take it away, please. <laughs>